Hello, Hopgoblin. What up, homies? It's been a while. It has. It's been the hottest of minutes. Just, except here, not really. It's actually been quite cold. Sure. I mean, not cold enough to snow, but like cold. If 50 degrees is cold to you, <laughs> leave That's a not comment. True. Listen, I have to do morning duty at my work. Yes, I said duty. I have to do morning duty. I have to like stand out there. And one day it was like 41 degrees. We were freezing our tits off. If 41 degrees is cold, I mean, ah, Delilah. Delilah no. Oh, my word. Delilah, now is really not the time. Delilah. Delilah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Paige has been gone dog sitting for the last few days. And. Why did you pick now? I've been sitting here for like 15 minutes. Delilah just realized that Paige has returned for more. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Well, she's mostly just sitting on my lap now. So okay. yeah, we have returned from our Christmas unintended Christmas break, <laughs> our unintended hiatus. Hopefully, you all have heard the actual Christmas episode. That's now very, very much too late to post. But oh well. Yeah, this that may be a lost episode that we'll just post at some <laughs> point. I'm actually not sure exactly where it is. Oh no! I think it's on an SD card somewhere. Where is it? We'll f- we'll see if we oh, see. Jesus. Delilah. But okay, yeah, this- stuff and things, mm-hmm. as Rick Rick Grimes would say. Yeah, we've just you know, I've been living living our lives. Yeah, I've been reading. I've already read eight, almost nine books this year, so that's good. So we have lots to talk about. I just. uh getting the um moral fortitude to come on and talk about them has been hard i've maybe hit a depression i don't really know a depression yeah i've i've uh we're in the 1930s of our lives (laughs) (laughs) the great depression it's a different from the winter of my discontent Uh, i see but uh still pretty harrowing yeah so we were just... I'm also thinking it has to do with my seasonal depression, but that's, you know, neither here nor there. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, once it gets down into the 50s, it can be hard to rally. Um, no, I'm just <laughs> so kidding. mean. I know. No, but we should be back. Um, better than ever. Well, we don't make that grandiose of promises, <laughs> but we could, we can sure try. Yeah, we're at least hoping to be back. So, yeah. Anyway, well, I guess that's really the order of the day. Just think, Hop Goblins, we did miss you. We did think about you. We did. You know, life is just messy. Sometimes you go through seasons, and without going too much into detail, we both, I think, just needed a little bit of a rest. We did. Life was. stressful snap crackle and poppin oh my okay much like my knees (laughs) (laughs) yeah anyway what shall we start i suppose so also do your does your mic smell like our coffee table i am smelling a distinct woodish vinyl smell it does a hint of what is that uh department store yeah 
No, what's that stuff you use at the end when you're trying to get paint off the brushes? Like cleaner? Yeah, what's that cleaner a- called? Uh, acetone? acetone? Yeah, it smells a little acetone It just smells like chemicals. Damn, girl. Look at them acetones. Okay. Well, on that note, let's let's do this. Okay. So I thought today we would talk about this book I read. I actually, oh, that's where it was. I was watching a booktuber and we can link her in our description because I think I've mentioned her before. She is wonderful and she posts a lot of nonfiction recommendations and she did like her post of her favorite book she read, you know, in 2022. And this book is one of them. Her name is A Book Olive on YouTube. And she lives in Pittsburgh and she actually writes book reviews for, I don't know, one of the Pittsburgh papers. But she talked about this book. It's called Whistleblower by Susan Fowler. And it's about this woman. It's a memoir. Hold on. I got to bring up the subtitle because i can't remember it's long oh that's what it was my journey to silicon valley and the fight for justice at uber Mm. so in 2017 did you read that blog post about uber i Uh, remember it distinctly about the sexism and ridiculous ridiculousness of their hr department i think it probably got lost amongst all of the other massive things happening in your life in 2017 no 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 if I'm remembering correctly, it like wasn't a surprise. Oh. Like I I heard some some rumblings. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, that checks out. Yeah. So her post essentially documents with dates and times and like severe documentation, you can tell that she's made these claims. Um, Mm -hmm. about the sexism that's rampant in the slightly like horrifying way that uber treated their female employees specifically Mm -hmm. and i think everybody knows that like silicon valley is kind of renowned for and startups in general are really renowned for like sleazy people at least i know that but the insidiousness at which her life has been pervaded by sexual hostility and sexual harassment is a little sad and depressing mm. so her memoir is actually quite uplifting given the content and what mm. it's about so i kind of i'm going to go through the basics of her timeline okay and then uh you can ask questions along the way if you would like I'll allow we should it. like do a podcast with that format i think so let's okay. do it okay maybe call it off the page yeah maybe let's do it <laughs> okay sounds great <laughs> love love it love it love, love that it. journey for us love it No. Okay. So the book starts out and she describes her family. She lived in a really large family in Arizona, actually, in this really tiny town that no one is going to know the name of that. I am trying to remember Yarnley. Anyway, she grew up incredibly poor. She was homeschooled. (laughs) Can't relate. (laughs) Disgusted. You know, originally I thought this was going to be the vibe of educated Mm. when she starts and i was like oh no i don't want to read another educated that book was harrowing it's not that bad like her her home life was upsetting in the fact that she grew up so poor that they Mm. didn't know where their meals were coming from most Mm. of the time and that is its own frame of trauma Mm -hmm. but she was a very accomplished violinist and Mm -hmm. she was also a very 
smart intellectual kid so she read a lot her parents really encouraged her her parents are really smart on their in their own right her dad was a pastor of a church and spoke multiple languages and really enjoyed studying and and kind of like imbued his favorite things in his children in the sense that like he really encouraged them to study on their own anyway through a lot of hardships she ends up going to asu and she realizes that they're not going to take her seriously because she doesn't have the credits from high school oh to to really be in she wants to go into physics and i I know this story yeah and so she ends up applying to upenn and because she really aced the sats Mm -hmm. they let her in Mm -hmm. and she gets to be a part of the particle physics department and she does a lot of work and fast forward she was getting some respect oh my god wow that's a very yeah i got that i got that yeah i was just marveling at how witty that was thank you (laughs) so she goes to upin and she ends up having this issue with a person in her like study group oh lord and it's this man who constantly talks to her about his mental health and it 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 kind of comes to a head where she's made all of his documentation to the counseling service department at UPenn. And she's been like, you're putting me in this really uncomfortable position that I don't want to be in because they're basically forcing her to hang out with him, even though he makes her uncomfortable just because of his mental health. Cause they don't have the services. Oh my word to help him. And, and they constantly tell her like, this is going to be on you if he kills himself. What? Yeah. It's really messy. What year was this? 20 well this book came out in 2017 and she was like probably seven years away from that so like you know 2010 oh my word 2010 was truly a time and of course not having really been at school and not really knowing anything about law she doesn't realize that they're all you know breaking title nine yeah like severely (laughs) Um, title nine is a farce by the way and so moral of the story they in a lot of roundabout ways, she definitely has like a case against UPenn, but she can't go on because they've refused to give her her degrees that she's, you know, essentially gotten. What? They kick her out of the study group. So she's no longer in her master's program. They say you can either, I can't remember how they deliver it, but it's like, you can either pick your master's and lose the research or take the research and lose one of her minor and master's or something. Moral of the story, she does end up like graduating but not with what she wanted she ends up having to change her whole department her whole thesis like everything has to change how does it come to a head like this um because she goes to essentially the school's hr department and makes a formal complaint and she uh in a in a lot of manipulations she like ends up signing some paperwork and it's it seems like the only offer on the table she does go gotcha. she does go to the aclu and is like do i have a case like what could we do but she was like i'd be so bogged down with yeah you know going to court and paperwork it's un- it's gonna get solved in litigation anyway and she's like it's not really worth it i don't have the funds because she's at this point still incredibly poor yeah um so it's you know the age old story of uh the the bigger thing trampling on the little thing to get where they want to be Structures are designed in, at least in the U S for consistency. Yeah. Like 
even if something wrong is happening, it's structured in a, such a way that it is so hard to right a wrong and so emotionally taxing and so likely that it will ruin you that it's like almost like you have to make a, a, a calculated estimation of like, <clears throat> do I want to go through this right. and be ruined? Correct. Or <laughs> do I want to try and make it out of here alive? Uh, so I... I don't blame her for what she did. I don't either. It's And this becomes the pattern of her life. She speaks up. She's not heard. And and therefore, she has to make a really hard decision. Right. So this happened, you know, even before she got to UPenn. Not in the traditional way, but you feel that clawing um, desire to, like, make something of herself. Mm-hmm. And at every turn, she's just, like, pushed down. Now, I cried at multiple points in this book just because, like, of life in general. But specifically, this story is pretty relatable. I feel like uh, mm-hmm. we've all felt like the little person in a situation. Mm-hmm. And and especially the point where she feels, like, such a calling. Her dad always said, like, you need to be in the world but not of it. And her dad mm-hmm. actually tragically dies when she's really young, she's only like 17 and she's doing her first year at ASU and it all, that really makes a huge impact because then her mom still has the, you know, five or six other kids living with her that she has to take care of. And she doesn't have a stable job at the moment. She's still going to school to become a teacher. And the bank had basically said like, you can wait and pay your mortgage at a certain time. Mm -hmm. And, when in actuality they put her in default and then they kick them out of the house. Of course. Yeah. So, you know, like it's the classic story of, yeah, all of the socioeconomic structures are put in place, not to help people get out of where they are, but to keep people at the top at the top. Absolutely. Um, And so this is just a, like a very tumultuous thing, but through the, the whole of her life she really spends so much time reflecting on like what she wants her life to be Mm -hmm. and she reads philosophy like that was one thing she studied in college she reads philosophy and ethics and things like that and she reads a lot of the like stoics where their big thing is well simply put like your joy only comes from yourself not from what's happening around you Mm -hmm. and and so she like really resolves herself by the time she goes to UPenn that she's not going to let anything stand in her way. She's not going to let other people, she's not going to let a system. So she does consistently speak up. And I think that's where that resolve comes from was the constant encouragement that she received from her parents, but also the fact that she just knew she didn't want what they had. Like she wanted something different. Mm -hmm. So yeah, she kind of becomes a liability to UPenn. (laughs) Um, And so she, you know, ends up leaving and uh, moving to Silicon Valley. And she starts as a coder at, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's called PubNub or something. And she makes a little bit of money. She realizes the male employees make 50,000 or she's making $50,000 less than all of them. And she's doing a lot of the work. She was like on call all the time, doing a lot of the grunt work. So she leaves it and she goes 
and she goes to Uber. Mm-hmm. The very first day at Uber, her boss sends her these propositioning <laughs> like texts on their server. Uh, He's like, I'm in an open relationship. Oh, blah, blah, blah. No. So she starts screenshotting him. Cause she's oh, had this happen no. to her before where people are propositioning her and she's like, fine, I'll manage it. I'll like take some screenshots. I'll send it to HR. Well, HR says, Oh, this is his first offense. Um, what? S- yeah, this is his first offense. So, you know, he's a really high employee. Like he, he does what he needs to do. He gets the job done. He's, you know, one of our best people. We're not going to fire him, but we will have a stern talking to with him. And, and we'll just remove you from his team. You know what this is? This is like the Brock Turner case when it's like, yes. we need to think about how this is going like to him. Yeah, <laughs> ruin his life. Right. This is like, I was watching something and I didn't know this, but apparently when Ted Bundy got sentenced, the judge was like, you are, it just makes me so sad because you're obviously such an intelligent young man. What you could have made out of your life. And it's like, (laughs) oh my God, just (laughs) how many people did he kill? (laughs) Sorry, I'm making a very crude gesture. I'm not going to, you uh, know, it's like, I mean, yes, it is sad when you think about the fallout of all of the lives and like yes yes the perpetrator is still a human but it's also like you're telling the victim yeah like they're getting their opportunities reduced and it's like let me tell you about how you should empathize with your ridiculous user it's like absolutely okay, ridiculous cool, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. No, I, there were multiple points in this book that I, I had to like pause it and walk away. Yeah. Because it was so angering. Like yeah. there were just so many things. I mean, she's just constantly dismissed. Like she has the credence to back it up. She always does. She remembers, you know, what's really impressive to me is she was such a good, like such a diligent person and she like put it all in the right files and she emailed backups and she had a backup of that backup and she like she knew that this could one day come to a head Mm -hmm. but it's just amazing to me as someone who i mean i can barely remember what i ate yesterday yesterday let alone like terrible things some that have happened like right you and i have this conversation all the time i'm really shit at remembering specifics but i'm really good at remembering how that person made me feel Mm mm-hmm or how the moment like translated to me, mm-hmm. but it is one of those things I envy in people so much. Cause she can just recount with like absolute clarity, mm-hmm. everything that's happened, like word right. for word. It's impressive. Yeah. Like, but it, it also is just like, it's also sad that that's how she's had to live her life. Like she uses that as a, she has to use it as a defense. Well, yeah, but it's also like this broader discussion of, you know, why of like victim, not victimhood, but like what it means to be a woman and for sure how often women are subject to different forms of abuse, whether it's in the workplace or, you know, just in our daily lives. And like, 
how it's like why it is so important to believe women because right here we have someone who it's like quote unquote the perfect victim right um who it sounds like she cat she crossed her t's and dotted her eyes she had all the proof and you know she she kept everything and still it's like her she's the one who's gonna get the blowback yeah think about all the women who don't you know aren't the quote-unquote perfect victim who are abused who may you know it's still not right but who may you know not be the quote-unquote perfect employee or the it happens a lot in like sexual abuse cases aren't the perfect victim who it's like well you shouldn't have been you know putting yourself in that position it happens all the time it's like I can't believe you because you're not the the perfect victim but even if you are the quote-unquote perfect victim people always find a way to be like I'm going to lessen what you're saying because at the end of the day people don't really understand where we live in a patriarchy right we live in a patriarchy so it's more devastating culturally that a man should be removed from a position of power than for a woman to suffer abuse right like and that is and she says that just wrong at the near the tail end before she talks about writing her blog post she says um after she's left uber she says i felt very strongly she writes that the world was no longer someone else's problem anymore but that it was mine she she wrestles and she goes back and forth because there's a whole cohort of women at uber that are like you have got you're out you have got to tell your story you have got to tell your story please tell it please do it for us and it takes her a long time. She has to wrestle with it for almost a year before she decides to write it because she knows being the face of something like that is going to ruin her life. Yeah. But absolutely. at what point, at what point is it is enough enough essentially for herself that she, she's like, I, I want to believe that me doing this will help people at Uber later. Yeah. And, but I just think about the countless women, especially around me too. And the countless women just in life over time, that are like silenced or do not have she's very she's a beautiful writer like she really you can tell she's well-read and articulate and commanding and she's gone on to write actually like a fiction book now so i think she really does enjoy writing but you can tell because she also narrates the audiobook and i listen to the audiobook it's only it's really short you guys it's like six hours but it packs such a punch and she reads the book to you. And there are times, like, especially when she's talking about her father being sick, that she actually starts crying. And you can tell mm. that it was, like, really hard for her to write and then listen. And, you know, I just think about all of the rewrites you have to go through and all of the summations and, you know, line edits and things like that. But it's it's really remarkable, too, to, like, hear her talk about the other women who worked at Uber at the same time who dealt with the same things. So I think that one of the most outrageous things that happen is they get a whole group of people together because they realize that that this one man has been harassing all of them. <laughs> Shocking. I know. I'm not laughing because it's funny. No, you're laughing because it's so like, of course he is. Yeah, <laughs> like, of course. Like, um, yeah. So there's this 
time where they all get together and they make an appointment with HR and she talks specifically about what the building looks like and how each of the rooms say like private meeting in progress, like please don't disturb Mm -hmm. and how scary and like how isolating it feels because they, they want to go as a group, but HR refuses to let them listen to them all as a group. Oh my word. And so they all have to go in individually and she's the last person to go in and she goes to make her claim like, you know, this has happened before you guys lied to me. Like I have documentation. These HR people are lied to the, what? I know, shocking. What? It's almost as if they're there to protect the company and not the employees. It's, it's so weird. Like human it's, resources should just not belong not to the company. Acts is not human or a resource. It's <laughs> correct. That's so weird. So they, she's the last one to go in and the conversation kind of proceed like, goes on and she's like wow i'm not gonna get anything from these people no and she because it's just the same lines that they've said before and she goes yeah but we just i know you've talked to all of my other these other people yeah today specifically about this one thing and the lady just lies through her teeth yeah and she's like oh but we weren't talking about him they all wanted to complain about you (laughs) and how you've been harassing and manipulating them into coming to speak with us oh my god and that's when she's like i am never gonna win so she just continues to document document all of the sexism the racism the ridiculousness um and then at the end the, the thing that breaks the camel's back for her is she is on this tech team that does like from what i understand it was like they were the people that would go in and fix bugs in the system Mm-hmm. and she was they were one of the bigger bigger teams and they'd had a really really good year and she'd actually helped progress and build different coding things to make the app a more user-friendly space mm-hmm. and uh and she she is on this team and they're gonna get these leather jackets okay oh no i want you to oh, why don't you just guess what do you think is gonna happen I don't even know, but this is like one of those stupid things. Yes, it seems very trivial, but it's actually quite ridiculous. Like ridiculous in the sense of the that they didn't think that these people would put up a fight about it. I'm sorry about which part. Okay, so their team wins this award, and part of the award is they get to wear these like snazzy le- leather jackets. They don't order any of them for the women. Wait, hold on. What? On the entire team. There's like a team of 70 or 80. There's like 10 women. They don't order any of the jackets for the women. Why? Because it's not cost effective. They couldn't order a bulk order and they'd have to like go to a different company and the comp- a company that no. makes women's jackets. And You're um, lying. No, I'm not lying. And and so this is the thing that just totally breaks her. Like she... She goes to HR and she's like, I'm literally never going to win with you people. Like I can't switch teams because my boss is manipulating the situation so hard that she'll like get a really good report because she is a good employee, but then she'll ask for a transfer and he'll change her report. Hold on. So she's stuck with this guy. Y'all. Okay. Okay. Who's her? I'm being dead serious right now. When I say this is one of the many reasons why we need unions again strong and obviously unions are not they're their own problem yeah they can create a whole other set of uh, of problems but they can but this is why you try okay 
you said it earlier trying to negotiate with an arm of management to try and police management yeah is the stupidest i have heard the claim over and over again even before like i left high school that that hr shouldn't be external companies like they should operate as people not vested in the interest of the business they're serving Oh, a hundred percent. They're not independent arbiters. No. no. Also, guess like this idea that they like unions are are not like a good idea and they're evil and corrupt is a bunch of propaganda. This is an exact example of how when you don't have an organized uh, body representing you um, you have no leg to stand on yeah they they'll they pick have you all apart the yeah they'll pick you apart and divide you and make you feel like it's life or death and in a lot of times it is they'll right. they'll put you on your little islands and, yeah, make and it's you your feel, reputation it's yep. your um job it's your livelihood, it's your livelihood. it is a hundred percent and so yeah. it's like this is why people don't come forward and like she's obviously extremely brave for coming forward but you it's should also see like some of the nasty comments though that i've seen on oh i'm her sure Goodreads. and i watched a bunch of like interviews with her just to you know familiarize myself with like what she looked like mostly yeah. but also it's been so many years you know like this book came out in 2020 i think and her blog post was 2017 so it's been a couple years out and she's doing something different now um but the comments on some of these youtube videos are so discouraging it's like some of them are like, you go, like, we're so excited and we're so proud of you and blah, 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 blah. But most of them are just vitriolic nonsense of you should have just stayed quiet about it. You look ridiculous. I'm trying to remember you one know, really got my gourd last night when I was watching. <laughs> I hate that expression. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. The word gourd is like the word moist for a lot of people for me. I don't know. I hate that word. That's fascinating. I didn't know this word. I think I associate it with like a covering fruits and vegetables a covering for one's dick oh um, what like why because people wear gourds over their dicks who like tribes like his clothing oh you know no but okay i don't know i associate it with that for some reason <laughs> i guess that's me being classist <laughs> i don't know i've always hated i don't want to think about anyone's dick <laughs> yeah ew ew as if um okay i'll say it this way it got under my skin okay keep please everyone please keep your gourds intact <laughs> anyway well, yeah now all i'm thinking about is gourd coverings oh, and loincloths okay. and well, shit this book was it ends in a very encouraging note like it ends with her at a new company it, she makes a blog post but then she is harassed for months almost a year afterwards yeah. people are stalking her uber comes out multiple times and is like no we have not you know unleashed some sort of investigation on susan blah blah blah, which is 
categorically false like people have reached out from her life from years and years like neighbors from when she was in arizona when she was like 10 oh my asking god questions about her trying to dig up any sort of dirt that they can that they can this release like scientology like, it's really bad it's like at least scientology and then and they're like looking her current employer kind of gives her a hard time about it because she can no longer come into the office because yeah. she can't leave her house okay because she's being stalked whenever she leaves and then it's not safe for her to go to work because it kind of puts everybody else at risk so here's the thing that I've actually it's interesting that we're we're having this this conversation because something that I've actually been thinking about a lot is how we should just burn it all down. Well, I think <laughs> about that every day. But is like it's easy to look back in history and think about the highs of these people who made these great and heroic stands. Right. And how positively we think like about the match girls that we've talked about on here. Yeah. Or like great example today is like Martin it, Luther King Jr. Day. Yeah. And like, right. Obviously a hero. I mean, people think about his legacy and what a great, you know, man he was and everything he did for the civil rights movement. And it's easy to think back and, and be like, wow, like what an inspiring character. But he lived an extremely hard life. Oh yeah. And when he was going through it, like I'm sure it was very hard and it yeah. was very hard for his family. Yeah. And he ultimately was murdered right for his for his cause right and like you know we think about other inspiring characters like rosa parks right like uh and what she did and and like her moment of like trying to in segregation but i'm sure she was harassed Continu bridges continuously from that moment it's not like segregation ended and then all of a sudden you know everyone you know linked arms and went on in harmony and like this woman who wrote this book it's like we're sitting here singing her praises and being like wow how brave she was but there's also Tarana Burke who did the me too movement yeah but who was also shoved out by white women so there's that but she's like being still to this day being harassed correct and, like her current employer is like kind of giving her the side eye so like, like she's not to be trusted yeah exactly like no matter like there is always unfortunately a sacrifice yeah. that comes with yeah. doing the right thing a always. massive sacrifice and that's the thing that I don't think people realize what a toll it can take on like these these heroes and their their families and just like how it's not just like like even for her it's not like okay, it was vindicated. She was vindicated. Right. And the truth is out there. And she and talks it's like, she talks about that. She talks about, uh, cause as all this is happening, as she's leaving Uber, she's met her now husband and they've gotten engaged. They get married and, and how like terrible she feels that she's like pulled him into this. Like they've just recently got married and she does this and she's like, and now we can't undo it. Like there's, there's no looking back. And, you know, this also marks him because he's married yeah. to me. 
Yeah. Um, so his career is on the line. And it, she, she knows that as she's writing, she talks about the like pressure to make sure she has everything exactly right. Like everything is worded the exact same way it was pr- delivered to her. Everything for date is right. Every time that it happened is right. And every single claim, she has multiple ways of backing it up. And she talks about like the fastidiousness with which she has to do all of that so that she can be believed. And that yeah. to me is like, that was the most heartbreaking part where she, she knew that people were going to come at her. Yeah. And it was only a fucking blog post. It wasn't even this book. Like, yeah. And so like, I just, I don't know. I think about, I think about that quite regularly of like how hard it is that even though doing the right thing is still the right thing, it, it's not like you do the right thing and then you sail off into the sunset. Right. And to me, it's it's not a movie. (laughs) No, it's like, and, and you know, this is something that, you know, I've talked a lot about in therapy, just from experiences, you know, I've had where I felt like, you know, not to the same extent as, as these heroes, but you know, where I felt like I've, I've done the right thing and then I haven't gotten the outcome I was hoping for. Right. And how it's just like, okay, well, what's the, what's the point then mm. uh, of doing the right thing? It's like, okay, and well, so your soul can be at peace. I feel like, well, yeah, I agree. And it, it's still important to do the right thing. But I, I think the takeaway is also like, as the the bystanders and as the the people on the sidelines uh it's also just important to be like when we we see people doing something that is really scary and and is really important just going out of our way and being like wow that was that was awesome and literally in the true definition of that word awe inspiring yeah and the 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 truth the truth does does matter Mm. and for for people who are like i guess in her case being like that is blah 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 or right you know this that and the other it's like no we need to be louder and saying right And I do think like she does paint a really nice community picture of all the women at Uber who supported her and really like, and she thanks them in her acknowledgements and stuff like that because yeah, you really can't do any of that alone. It does like, yeah, it does cause you to reflect too on if you, I always, you know, I always used to wonder in the case of like, the fact that we live all the way out West, but my entire family lives back East. I always like when I was a kid and even now, whenever I drive through the desert, I always think like if, if we lived back in the 1800s when this was being settled, I'm putting that in quotes, Mm -hmm. would we have been people out here? Like, would we have done the right thing? You know, I think that's like a common thing to think about. Uh, Mm -hmm. Would you have been a part of the civil rights movement? Would you have been against Vietnam? Would you have been, you know, 
which side of the civil war would you have been on? Hopefully the right side. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I just think about in the case of what is still left to be fought about. Are we on the right side And this book does pause, like cause you to reflect and take a minute and pause about who you are in the machinations of the world. And like, what can you do to be a betterment of people? What, what stories can you listen to? What voices can you make louder as a person who, you know, is able-bodied and capable and of work and like not, not a person of color? Like what, what more can I be doing to help other people? Um, you know, I think about that too. Like, you know, what would I be doing? What would I be thinking? Would I, would I go? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that a lot of these issues, and this is not an original thought by any means. Right. <laughs> Neither lot, was mine. <laughs> yeah. A lot of these issues are by no means anywhere close to settled. Right. So like racism isn't right. It's solved. Still, right. Uh, Correct. What, what are you doing? Sexism to- isn't solved. Correct. <laughs> you know, LGBTQ plus issues right. aren't solved. So it's like you still have the opportunity every day to Make push a yeah. for a more accepting world. Yeah. Like, and inclusive. Yeah. You know, it is I, like- I think we're going to, you know, I hear it referred to often, you know, the trans fights of today Mm -hmm. or like the 1990s way that people viewed uh, LGBT or gay and lesbian issues. So it's like, you know, as a, as a lesbian woman, it's like it, I, I was a child then. Right. But I can watch sitcoms like friends and see, Mm -hmm. You know, the derogatory ways in which gay people were talked were, about. Yeah, talked about. And, you know, I can see the way in which we talk about, you know, trans people today. So it's right. like, okay, there are still so many ways in which, you know, I could advocate for at least treating people kindly. Right. And, and advocate, like, there are so, still so many frontiers that I think that. I can at least be an empathetic at the bare bare minimum be empathetic. Yeah. And you know, not to sound like every other person online, but there's that Mary Oliver Oliver quote that always, everybody always quotes that she says, what will you do with your one wild and precious life? And I actually think she means it in the context of the poem. People take it out and are like, what great glorious things are you going to do? What are you going to speak for? Blah, blah, blah. But what I think she really means in the context of the poem is how are you going to look at the world and make joy? Like, how are you going to look at situations or help people in your immediate life um, that that make that make your life um, purposeful and spectacular in the sense of the smallest word of that? Like nap. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But yeah, like, I don't think that. Yeah. We have to, everyone has to go out and... Yeah, like solve all of the world's problems. That's never going to happen. And you're just going to get tired. And you will want to nap. Yeah, but there's so... There's like, still a lot you can do. Journey yeah. to the center of you, basically. <laughs> like, how how are you going to learn to be 
satisfied with you. Yes. And actually that leads me to, I'm going to read two of the quotes from the book. Yeah, go for it. And that's how we can end. The words of the Stoics reinforce what I already knew. I couldn't control what others did to me, but I could control how I reacted. I was the only person who could control my own character, the things that made me who I was, the things that defined me. And this is another one. This is near the beginning of the book um, when she's talking about her parents and her dad. All his life, he worked jobs that he didn't love in order to support our family, but his life was still wonderful and precious, filled with love and joy. The thought occurred to the thought occurred to me that if I could find a way to have a similar life, to find love and joy despite it all, then I would still have a pretty spectacular time here on earth. Yeah. So spoken from the author herself. (sighs) Yeah. That's a heavier one. Sorry. Yeah. I was like, dang, I really came out of the gate. Like you did. I was like, Starting this year off with a depression. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Yeah, seriously. Maybe I should start reading something more uplifting. I don't know. That's okay. 2023 is already going to be a mood. Word. But anyway, it was great to be back on our grind. We Truly. hope you have a, oh, a wonderful week oh. and that you're safe Delilah. and, you know, cozy and not oh. not fighting anybody in an hr department oh yep let's hope mm-hmm. cross your fingers and toes <laughs> bye bye oh my Sorry. gosh how long have you been keeping that now i can hear static i can hear oh okay i can hear oh it's very staticky are you okay yeah we can wait we don't have to do it right now no i'm good are you sure uh-huh. uh. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> that, that laugh is so fake you okay yeah are we still staticky no i'm fine now are you staticky no okay I think we're good. Oh boy. I'm Meredith. Mm-hmm. Okay, do you wanna do the stuff? Yep. <laughs> Stop burping. Yeah. Don't tell me what to do. I'm telling you whenever I want. You can tell me, but you never do it. I am an independent hoe. Sure. Or as autocorrect would say, a I'm horse. A, what? Mine always autocorrects how to horse. Oh, I'm an independent how. <laughs> That's good too. Okay, shall we? Three seconds of silence. Oh, Lord have mercy. Okay. Baby. Baby. You're getting the microphone too close. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Three seconds. <laughs>